Hello and welcome to a God Shift Podcast. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. In these episodes, you will learn how to grow your faith, overcome adversity, and move into a greater destiny. Individuals, organizational leaders, and ministry leaders share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am excited that you are here. So before we get started, listeners, I want you to do me a favor. If you would, I would love if you would take a screenshot of wherever it is that you are listening to this episode. And then if you will take that screenshot, post it on your social media, tag us here at A God Shift. And then I just want to hear your biggest takeaway or your biggest aha moment from this episode. So I do that because I'm not really concerned about vanity metrics. I honestly couldn't even tell you how many times this podcast has been downloaded since it's been in existence. But I do care about building the kingdom. I do care about helping people's lives if they feel like they're hopeless, if they're facing disruption, if they're frustrated waiting on God, whatever it is that they're experiencing. I do care about this information being in as many hands as possible. So if you're listening to this episode right now, and if you will share this, it is going to help us get this information into the hands of more people. So I'm excited about our guest today. I'm going to read his bio, and then we're going to get into what I know is going to be a great conversation. My guest today is a East Texas Texas native. Got to get it together. He graduated from East Texas Baptist University in 1981. Following graduation, he opened his own photography studios in Longview, Marshall, and Henderson, Texas, while continuing his education at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. He has served as a bivocational pastor at the Green Street Mission in Longview and has been a guest speaker at various churches. In 2002, he made a career move to become a financial advisor and has worked at a major national brokerage brokerage firm for 20 plus years. He lives in East Texas with his wonderful wife, Rhonda. They are the proud parents of one daughter, Tara. He has been a longtime volunteer in the East Texas musical community and shares his love of music with his daughter. In 2008, his daughter was diagnosed with epilepsy. While in Children's Medical Center in Dallas, they discovered a need for guitars in their music therapy program, and together they formed the Chin Guitar Project, which has donated over 2,000 guitars to children's hospitals, veterans, prisons, missionaries, and other organizations across the globe. Wow, that is so awesome. I want to welcome to the show, Ken Chin. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be on your program today. You know, I'm, I'm reading your bio and I'm like, you sound like a guy that is after my own heart. Your daughter is in the hospital and you find a way to help other people and create a program. <laughs> yeah, Sounds like right. something I would do. Yeah. yeah, it was a it was another God moment for sure. Yeah. yeah. Starting that. So, um, Ken, I want to give a little bit of context uh, for this conversation. So this platform is called a God shift. And when most people hear that, they're usually intrigued because it sounds clever and they're like, ooh, what is that? 
but they usually yeah. have no idea what that means. So my definition of a God shift is anytime a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose, but it ultimately moves you into a greater destiny. And I believe that one of the things that helps us along that process is when we operate in, in the kingdom authority that we've been given belief, given as believers of God. And so for me, my definition of kingdom authority is actually the birthright that we have as children yeah. of God partner with him in making his promises come true. What's your definition of kingdom authority? Yeah, I would agree with that definition. That's great. And the shift, uh, I love that, a God shift. Uh, I had a God shift experience, as you know. I was uh, uh, January 4th. I was in the, uh, the emergency room. I'd gone to a clinic four different times, an ER clinic. And finally, I was taken by ambulance to, uh, to the local hospital. And I found myself confronted with uh, four doctors and internists. And as I struggled with them, they were wanting me to go on a ventilator and uh, I refused to. They were saying, you know, you don't know how sick you are. You got a slim chance of living. Um, you know, let's get on with it. Uh, sign this DNR. Let's put you on the bench. You're wasting precious time. Well, I said to them, I said, uh, all my research and study, and I'm not here to give medical advice, but all my research and study has said only 12% of the people who go on ventilators come live to come off of them. Wow. And I said, you know, I just don't like those odds. I said, if I'm going to die like you think I am, I'm going to go out with whatever awareness I have. And so they uh, one by one left the room. And as I say, they just dismissed me to die. Uh, shortly thereafter, I found myself being rolled in my hospital bed. And I mean, I knew how bad I was. So I found myself, I'm in uh, push down the end of the hall, close the door, pull the curtain, and it's just me and God. And this is where a God shift really happened for me was uh, here I am facing death. I'm struggling uh, to take one breath at a time. Instead of the vent, they put me on a BiPAP machine. Mm -hmm. And uh, during this, I mean, a 10 day period, you know, I had gone from, uh, you know, just being healthy as a horse, going out to my family ranch and tossing around 60 pound bags of concrete, uh, just doing odd jobs out there to now. I'm at this. Uh, I, I was, uh, you know, rolled down in a bed when they were moving me around. Otherwise, I was in a wheelchair. So, you know, I'm usually a very strong man, but. Here I was all along with God, and I began to just say, okay, God, it's just me and you. It's me and you, God. And and I, I began to think about all these Bible verses and, and passages that I've known for 40, 50 years. I began to think about Jacob, how that Jacob was all alone, and he wrestled with God. Mm -hmm. He knew it was a life or death situation, just like I did. I was just one breath away from dying. and you know, it wasn't a little five minute prayer. He said over food or something like that. I mean, he thought he was going to die. He thought his family was going to die. I mean, this is it. And so when you find yourself in these God shift moments, these God moments where the doctors are not there, my wife is not there. I had no visitors all. It's just me and the Lord. Yeah. And, and I'm just in completely brokenness before God. You know, I wanted to live. I, I, I wanted to, uh, 
you know, see, uh, I wanted to see my daughter get more mature in the faith. That was the cry of my heart. God, let me live to see her get more grounded. Let me live to see her become more mature and more independent. You know, uh, as a father for his only child, I was just weeping and crying out to the Lord during this time. And that was just a very significant thing for me. Uh, you know, I've heard it said before, you know, that God does not answer prayer. God answers desperate prayer. I begin to think about all these situations in the Bible where there's life and death on the line. I begin to think about, you know, the Hebrew youth that were tossed into the fiery furnace. You know, they faced an imminent death. And that's where I was at. I felt like death was just it. There was like a spirit of death in the hospital at this time. And this is a for reference, this is like January 4th, 2022 for your listeners. And, you know, that may sound strange, but but there is that spiritual atmosphere that we know. And so I just felt like I was just wrestling with God and just trying to prevail. I, I knew that I was going to die if I closed my eyes. Wow. And yeah, I knew that I knew that death was so imminent as I was just you know, I felt like my spirit at times was just leaving my body. You know, it was just such a an intense experience. And uh, I just began to call out with everything in me, you know, God, oh, God, God, you're my ever present help in my time of need, the psalmist. I said, God, God, I, I need you now, God. I, I don't need you later, God. I need you right now. And uh, just all of those scriptures you know i begin to think about hannah in the bible how hannah was weeping and and emotion was crying out and tears and 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 just the strain of it all she was pouring her heart out before the lord that the dumb priest eli thought she was drunk in the morning and uh you know that desperation you know that that was coming through with her as well and uh that was just a real God shift moment. I can keep going or we can, well, you, know. you know. What I love about what you said, I want to unpack this a little bit more. And the Holy Spirit, the way that he is in alignment always amazes me. So about five minutes before I joined the line to do this interview, I did a reel on Instagram. And I was talking about just because something is possible doesn't mean it has to be your portion. And I love that you started this story off by saying, you know, the doctors had pretty much decided that I was going to die and that I just needed to be on a ventilator. And you were like, no, wait, you know, that's not I I don't have to accept that that's going to be my portion. And if I'm and I'm air quoting for those of you who aren't watching the video, but if I do die, that's not going to be the way that I'm going to go out. And so I hope the audience, what they take away from that is that, yes, there are many things in this life that are possible, but that doesn't mean that it has to be your portion. You know, yes, it can take some time to gain traction in a new business, but that doesn't mean the way that it's going to be for you. Yes, it can be that if you're in the hospital and you're experiencing all of the textbook things that the average person would die, that doesn't mean that it's going to be your portion. And I know for me, um, Pastor Ken, I, I buried my father about three months ago. And mm-hmm. that's when I came to this this whole 
just because it's possible. It wasn't when I really came to it, but I really had to exercise my authority in this area is that I had to make sure that I didn't allow people to project onto me what this journey was going to be like. You know, I was hearing things like, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be hard as hell. It's going to be a roller coaster of emotions. One day you're going to be good. And then minutes later, you're not going to be able to get off the floor. And I said, you know what? I don't have to accept that that's going to be my portion. And it hasn't been. It it hasn't been. I said about three hours after I found out that my father died, this piece that I have right now, I was like, you know what? I just hope that this is that piece that surpasses all understanding. And I just ride this off forever. And here we are. Mm -hmm. I buried my father on May the 9th. It's now September the 13th at the time of this recording. And the piece that surpasses all understanding and that grace that God has given me has weighed so heavily on my life that I've been fine. I miss my dad. I'm sad that he's gone. There are still times that I pick up my phone to get ready to text them just to remember that his phone is in my nightstand. But in terms of the the possibility of what grief could be like has not been my experience. Yeah, well, this is, I think the Holy Spirit just reminded me of David when David lost uh, his child. You know, he was praying and fasting. The scripture says that God would you know, spare the child's life. And it's kind of similar to you that all of his servants thought, oh my goodness, you know, he's heartbroken and everything. He, what's he going to do? They were whispering, should we even tell David that, you know, his son has died? And, and uh, when he got the message, uh, he got up and washed himself, sat down at the table and he ate and he's, you know, praise God, I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think your, your attitude is really just right on. Don't let people, uh, as you say, project that onto you or push things onto you. Uh, you know, sometimes we just have to stand up and take authority and 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 not accept it. And I think they're really well-meaning sometimes, yeah. but you know, uh, you know, it's uh, well being well-meaning and being uh, a word from God's two different things. You got that right. You got that right. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back to your story for just a moment because. I'm going to tell you where I feel like you exercise your kingdom authority during this hospital stay. And I want to hear what you believe. So what I heard you say was, is, you know, my mother, my, my, my wife wasn't there. My daughter wasn't there. It was just me and the Lord in the room. And I called on scripture to declare what it was that I was believing for and what it was that I was not wanted, but was going to see happen in my life. And I think that that is a, that is a, a perfect way to exercise kingdom authority when you're going through something is to actually find the scriptures that line up with what it is that you're believing for and just say those things out loud. Are there other ways that you feel like you exercised your authority during this period? Yeah. So, so, you know, I, I was rolled down in there about 1030 at night and, you know, I just, like I said, I knew that if I didn't, uh, if I went to sleep, I was going to die. But Throughout the night, just God manifested himself in different ways. And one of the scriptures as, as I came to that I really just, I, I just drilled into it was Romans 8, 11. It was with, if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you. I mean, and I'm just totally weak. I'm just so washed out. This is the end of the day. You know, I'm, I'm hanging on every breath and. But as I said that to myself and just hung out on that meditating, thinking about it, the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. He will quicken your mortal bodies. He will make alive. And as I began to say that to myself and and just pray that, 
I felt just like the surge of electricity. It's like someone took a, a, a charger and just pushed it into my back. And I just, I felt strength to, to give me strength to continue and to pray throughout the night. Wow. So what do you, did, do you feel like going into this experience? Were you already in the practice of recognizing that you had kingdom authority and had you been practicing utilizing it and exercising it? Or did you feel yourself saying, you know what, I got to do something about this. I've got to make sure that I'm doing my part. So was that a normal part of life for you to walk in your authority? Or was that new, a new experience because of the, the de- like a desperate time calls for desperate measures kind of thing? Right. Well, both, you know, uh, yeah, I've walked with the, with the Lord, you know, as, you know, I was brought up in the church, you know, not that I've always done right all of, all the time of my 64 years, but, but yes, I have, you know, uh, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but as you mentioned, the chin guitar project, you know, my daughter was diagnosed with epilepsy. And so that was another time where I really had to rise to the occasion and, uh, you know, not feel sorry for myself to shake that off and say, God, you know, I know there's a way I know you have, uh, you know, a process here, a healing, a deliverance that's going to come somewhere. And I, I searched high and low for it. And, you know, uh, my daughter uh, is really doing quite well now. She just graduated, uh, praise God, from Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. Awesome. But but yeah, no, so I always have. But yeah, just the God experiences uh, throughout the night were just, it, it did, it took it to another level because it's eternity. It's life and death. You know, I could see myself uh, from behind myself. I could see this struggle with my spirit and my flesh. And, wow. you know, I'm one breath away from death. And I, I guess the next scripture that I really hung out on was was Romans 8, 26. And, you know, I just, I'm just paused and just, oh, it's just so deep. You know, it says that the spirit, the words, we can't even utter the words. We have no words for prayer. I mean, I'm prayered out with my words and talking and I, I'm just sitting there saying, I'm just going, oh, just groaning in the spirit. Oh, oh, uh, it's just such a, a deep, just from your entire being down low, just, oh, God, oh, God, God, help me, God. And this went on for just 30 minutes or so, just groaning in the spirit like that, just with my eyes closed. And and just, I felt like my insides were, it was so intense. I felt like my insides were about to pop out of my body. It was so intense. And, you know, I, I began to think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, fixing to bear the sin of the world. And it said that there's a medical terminology and uh, it's uh, where the blood was actually pouring from his pores, such was the intensity. And, you know, you find yourselves in those situations. And this was one for me, uh, you know, um, I mean, I'm not trying to make myself out to be super spiritual. It's just life or death. You know, Jesus yeah. said to him, hey, you know, can't you guys hang out with me for an hour and pray? Yeah. And Can I think just, sometimes we do need to be super spiritual, you know, especially yeah. in the world that we're living in now where, you know, our, our belief seems to seem to be, you know, an afterthought, you know, we even have sure. people who are, you know, pastoring churches 
that are not leading spiritual leading spiritual lives. So there was one point that I agreed to, like, I'm not trying to be super spiritual. And now in this age, I'm like, if we don't get super spiritual, the world is going to take over. The enemy is going to take over. If those of us that understand how to operate in the things of the spirit, don't get super spiritual. So I want to encourage you to be super spiritual. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, as I, as I was groaning in the spirit like that, I got super spiritual. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just calling out. And then I opened my eyes up and my whole body is just covered in light. Yeah. It's just, it's this white supernatural manifestation of God. And it's, it's not like you think of a light. It's, um, it's moving, it's alive, it's frosted. And, you know, my first reaction was I'm fixing to die. You thought you were already in heaven. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought, you know, I've heard all these stories about saints, you know, that they were on their deathbed and people were gathered around them and they, you know, they they look up and they say, you know, I see Jesus, I see the angels, I see heaven, you know, they breathe their last and then they just fall back in bed and, you know, uh, so, but after I got over that first initial um, kind of, uh, panic about dying that you know god was not going to answer my prayers the way i thought then that light and that it began to be a warmth and i felt love and i felt peace and i felt just energy as i i became fascinated just watching it moving all over my body um it was just such a supernatural experience of of seeing that and and, you know I, i don't think we focus enough on this you know we we know first john 4 eight is you know god is love for sure okay but first john 1 5 says god is light 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 is part of the very essence of the being of god and so i felt like just like god had you know i'm kind of having these ups and downs and uh i felt like god was giving me the supernatural experience just to encourage me uh, to continue to fight, to continue to pray, to continue to believe. And, um, yeah, just, just like the quickening of the Holy Spirit earlier, yeah. you know, this is happening a couple of hours later, Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at my body just covered in light and just, you know, praise God. It was, uh, something that I'll never forget that I've seen and I still see it in my mind every day. You know, I look down at my arm and go, Wow. You know, it's like it's moving the particles. and Wow. uh, Such a powerful experience. Well, we're going to pause and take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to share some strategies with how people can start to pull some of these things together in their own lives. This episode is brought to you by the free guide, When God Says Shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to follow God's plan to move you out of disruption and into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. So Pastor Ken, before the break, we were sharing a couple of ways that you have exercised kingdom authority in your life. How just because something is possible doesn't mean that it's going to be the portion that you experience. But there could be someone that is listening to this episode today that goes, I'm still struggling to try to figure out how I can exercise my authority in my own life. So if there is someone that wants to make things shift in their life, 
but they they recognize, you know, one of the things that I say is that when we think about a relationship, every person in the relationship has a role to play. And think about if you're working on a project, there's never been a project that we've worked on that it's been the sole responsibility of the leader to do everything. But yet when it comes to our relationship with God, so many of us view it as a one-sided relationship. Like all I have Mm -hmm. to do is pray. And then since God is omniscient, omnipresent, all powerful, all knowing, you know, all these things that I'm not saying that he's not, I think we have the tendency to just rely on him to do everything. But when I think about kingdom authority, I think about the fact that it's our role in his will for our life. So he has a role to play, a role to play. And so that's what I think of when I think about kingdom authority, because oftentimes I'll even interview people and I'm like, what's your definition of kingdom authority? And they start talking about the power that God has. And I said, that's not kingdom authority. I'm talking about your kingdom authority. God has the power, but there's authority that was given to us when we became born again believers. And so if there's someone that is listening to this, maybe this is the very first time that they've even realized that they have authority. So what would be your best tip that you would give them of how they can exercise and actually walk out the authority that they have as believers? Yeah, that's perfect. You know, I had a pastor and he had no idea. He's actually in another city away from me. And and he speaks into my life from time to time. I might not hear from him for a year, you know, a period of time. But but he sent me this word that he felt like God. And he, he had no knowledge. He had just heard that I was sick. Okay. So it, it, you know, he said this, he said, you have wrestled with God and you have prevailed and won the victory, but God will get all the glory. Yeah. And just what you said, he said, I didn't want to send it that way. He said, I had to fight with God for about 20 minutes. He said, I wanted to say, uh, you have wrestled with God. God got the victory and God got the glory. Yeah. But he, he said, I couldn't say it that way. But, you know, just to your point, it's so it's so powerful. You know, uh, we're co-laborers with Christ. And just like in the Old Testament, the land that God had given the nation of Israel, you know, God could have just blown on the enemy people and just said, OK, they're all dead. Y'all walk in there and take it. But no, God says, you've got a role to play. I, I've given this to you. It's yours. All these promises in Christ Jesus are yea and amen, but you have to access them. So they had to go in there and do battle to actually take the land. And, you know, that was just uh, such a word to me. You know, you've wrestled with God and he had no idea what he was saying. Yeah. You know, you've won the victory. You know, you've won the victory. You've, you have prevailed. And, and we quote that scripture all the time. Very famous. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, you can do it. Yeah, your listeners can do it through the anointing of Christ, but we have a part to play. I could have rolled over and just died. It, you know, throughout the night, it would have been so easy to do. I mean, I'm I'm completely washed out. I lost 32 pounds of muscle. You know, uh, I'm in the worst shape I have ever been in my life, and I'm on my deathbed. I'm struggling just to breathe, and you know, but there is that. You have to rise up. You have to to fight. You know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You know, God says, you know, 
search for me with all your heart, with all your heart, not with a five minute prayer, you know, get in that place where, you know, you're, you're, you've got God front and center and then the manifestations of God and the victories of God are going to come into your life. Yeah. And the advice that I would give, if there is someone that is like, you know, Hey, I'm struggling, struggling to recognize how to use authority is that you do exactly what Ken did. You find scriptures that line up with what it is that you're believing for. And you say them out loud, say them out loud. Even if you don't believe it, say it out loud until you begin to believe it. And more importantly, until you begin to see it, don't just say it one time. You have to persist until you see it happen. So there's a lot of different ways that we can exercise our kingdom authority. But I think as believers, we have to recognize that our mouths are the most powerful weapon that we have if we use them properly. We can't speak about what it is that we don't want because the way that things work to that make to make words work, it doesn't know the difference. If you're talking about something that you don't want or you're talking about something that you do want, you know? So I, I say, if you're going to talk about it, talk about it from the standpoint of what it is that you want to see happen, which is why you hear things. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. They don't just sit around and talk about being weak. They don't sit around and talk about being poor. What you should do is sit around and talk about being strong. What you should do is talk about being rich. So we have to find scriptures that are in alignment with what it is that we want to see happen and begin to declare those things out of our mouth until we see them happen, until we see them, you know, in in our natural lives. So Pastor Ken, before we get ready to wrap this episode up, how can our listeners, how can they find you and follow you? Oh, we have a, I have a website. It's just kenchen.com. Okay. And, um, you know, I wrote a book about my experience and encounter with the healers on Amazon. And can they get that book at the website also? They can. It'll take, it has a link there. Okay, perfect. So I will make sure that the link to that is in the show notes. Um, you guys go get that book. Um, I, because listen, healing is not just about in our physical bodies. There are healings or there are hurts that are hidden. There are things that are hidden that need to be healed. And so go get that book. The link to it is going to be in the show notes because we have to be able to not only heal what we can see, we have to be able to heal what is hidden as well. As a matter of fact, the episode of the podcast that I just dropped on this week is called Healing What's Hidden. So go back and listen to that episode as well. So Pastor Ken, I thank you for being here. Listeners, I thank you for being here. I pray that you will share this episode and that you will join us back here next week on The God Shift. Everyone have a great day. It's Shana Rattler signing off. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to The God Shift Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.